The Weekly Dish podcast is presented by Common Ground Minnesota. Food and farming conversations from Minnesota women in agriculture. Learn more at commongroundminnesota.com or follow them on Instagram at commongroundminn. Hey everybody, it's Steph March for Common Ground Minnesota, and I love talking about women in agriculture. The women of Common Ground Minnesota are volunteers who are volu- you know, taking their time to chat with you about what it's like to live on a farm and grow food in Minnesota. Here's some really great news about this group. They have just launched a newsletter that you can basically sign up for at commongroundminnesota.com, and you get the latest you know, events, giveaways, delicious recipes, all sorts of great stories from the farm. And I got to tell you, it's just a really cool thing to get into your inbox every month. And it's it's kind of an, a way in. If you're wondering, like, I don't know what I'm going to ask when I go to Common Ground, Minnesota. Well, this is just an introduction and a way to get you guys to meet the farmers at Common Ground, Minnesota. The Common Ground Minnesota volunteers, remember, their goal is to be a resource for your food and farming questions. Don't forget, check them out on Instagram at commongroundminn, commongroundminnesota.com. To the weekly dish, 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 the weekly dish here on My Talk 1071. I'm Stephanie March. I'm Stephanie Hansen. I always love looking over at our producer, Hope, who's wondering, like, do you think are they're they, going to come in and are start they going to the make it today? We, uh, we're we're coming a little hot sometimes. We're a little hot today. And now yeah. we're both coming in from the West. Yeah. And I don't give myself enough time. No, you still I'm haven't just, like, figured out. Rrr. Yeah. You are, yeah, that's the thing. Like Elizabeth Reese, also when she goes, she skits in right as the yep. music starts. And I'm always like, God love you for your ability to do that. I don't have that. I have to be here and have a sit and have a moment and get my stuff together and then show up. You probably, I don't know if you, well, yeah, you would have worked here during the Ian and Marjorie days. Oh, yeah. Do you, I used to do, um, or I used to listen to Ian and Marjorie and I used to do morning drive for them sometimes. And he was notorious from starting the show in his car and then he'd like pull into the he'd be on the air pull into the parking lot and like do the first segment in his car and he that would make me crazy it was really interesting because paul black was his producer and they kind of had a thing so at some point ian would like text like coming in hot or whatever and so i just i we used to say like i'm pulling an ian and marjorie or i'm pulling an ian yeah <laughs> it was so there you go there you go we pulled an ian this morning yeah, how are was, you smarty yeah, you know, it's good. <laughs> it was a week. I think people, I think these last two weeks have been really tough for people. And I was reading someone saying, God love anybody who put up some words. And as a writer, it's hard to come up with things when there's so much, you know what I mean? Like, I, these are the days that I wish that I was like a data entry person who could just follow rules and just do this. But when you have to create stuff, it's a little tough. I was thinking about that and... I mean, I work for myself, so if I'm a loser and can't get it together that day, it's on me. It just means (laughs) the next day I have to do twice as much. Right. But, like, let's be honest. How much work got accomplished in the United States this week? I wonder about that. I I I would say very, very little, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know it, it was tough. It was a tough week. And I and I, you know, and people are just and I think it's going to be another tough week. Potentially. So, you know, and potentially. yeah, potentially. And I think people just even the worry of it. I mean, even if nothing happens, I think, you know, the anxiety that's kind of bustling out there is it's tough. It's palpable. So we, we left the show last Saturday with <laughs> talking about beef bourguignon. 
And <sighs> I, so I, Kurt and I have been locked down pretty much with each other, Dolores, sometimes our daughter and her partner, but sometimes not depending on what's happening in their lives. Right. So and you go walking with friends. I yes, mean, I go outside. So yeah, all, I go outside, and you do see other people than just those that clutch. I oh, mean, like only walking. outside. Yeah, yep, for sure. Yep, totally. I'm an outside person. You want to hang out with me? We yep. can hang out outside. Great, yeah, great. Um, during this week, I had planned to. I have a friend that I have some business that I do with, and we need to like start to work together. Yeah. So we had a plan. We rented an office space together. Oh, you did. That is in a basement where it's just her and I. Yeah. It's it's like a conference room, basically. Right. And so we can work together. So we had told our partners, like, we got approval. Like, this is what we're going to do. And our and so sat, last Saturday after the show, we had this couple over. So they're in our bubble now. And we have rules about each other. Yep. And I made beef bourguignon because I was like, oh, this can be like a dinner party. I can't tell you how amazing it felt to like set the table, table, put wine glasses out that were like the nice wine glasses, not your everyday clunk arounds. Um, I made a sourdough, another sourdough loaf. I've made two now. I made beef bourguignon. I made a lemon curd tart from the Ann Burrell's lemon curd tart recipe, which is foolproof. I made a beautiful salad. We played a game. My husband re- reminded me why he hates games because he's terrible at them. And also that the man knows literally nothing about pop culture. Oh, right. Not no. us. Like no. not one thing. Yeah. So that's funny to be playing on a team. And I saddled my friend with him and then we had to trade because I felt so bad because he was so, so terrible. He's so bad. Right. But it was just it was I cooked all day and it was fun. And I listened to Elton John on my, I should have had your playlist on Stephanie, yeah. but I listened to Elton John and I just sang and cooked and it was fun. Good. And I was like, oh, this is what it feels like to like have friends and have people over. They came over. We talked about like the state of the world. We had dialogue. It yeah. was just great. And well, the beef bourguignon was good too. Good. And you made beef bourguignon too. I made beef bourguignon. And, and yours it was looked not, really good, but you said it wasn't. That's the best part. I love the it fact that beautiful. my gorgeous picture was a disappointment. And people were like, oh, I'm sure it tasted amazing. I'm like, no, I, read the story. It actually did it. <laughs> I did read your story. No, what I know it? you did. But somebody else was like, wow, that looks amazing. It must have tasted great. And I'm like, no, did you? Could you read the words too? Was it just too tough? Here's the thing. I think I overcrowded the beef. I think I went too much on the beef. Like, I think I had like four pounds of beef instead of the prescribed three. I think I had an extra pound of beef in there. I think it was crowded and I think it didn't go long enough. I was following a recipe. Now, I was following a couple recipes. Yeah. I was doing New York Times. I was doing a little bit of uh, Meredith, which, you know, hers feels looks like. The same as the New York, you know what I mean? It kind of follows yep. that same They're pattern. They're all very similar. Right. It, it is literally beef burger. You know, you guys is like you sear the beef, you put it in liquid, you decide when you put onions and carrots in. These are the variances. Some people put it in before. Some people put it in after. Some people put in mushrooms. Some yeah, mushrooms. Don't. So it's a little bit, but it's basically a braise. Some people use stock and some people only use wine. wine. And these are the variants. I was kind of... That's what I was doing. I was sort of testing to see if I could pull the pieces from other recipes and get it together. And I think that I just didn't... I was following the 90 minutes in the oven thing. And 
it, uh, they just, and I over, I think I overseared them because I was following someone saying, you really want to get a good sear on all sides of the beef. So I think I had them in con- in chunks and I think they, uh, seared, you know, I think I seared them too hard. You know what's funny? I can see that because you know how to do a good sear. I know. And the the funny thing is everyone's like, well, did you do this? I'm like, look, I know how to cook. Yeah. Now. Like, I don't like and that's what I was kind of trying to say is like, I know there's something wrong here. I know I there was a you know, it's a failure. Sounds like just time of cooking. Yeah. Because I literally I think my recipe that I that I do calls for two and a half hours and you can do longer. Yeah. And in on Saturday, I took it out to do other things, make the tart, make the bread, do all the things. And then I just threw it back in the oven again. But I think that probably cooked for four hours total just because yeah. it was in there. Yeah, I think. And that's the thing is, I think I was just trying to like I was trying to be follow those rules. Yeah. And I think I I messed it. Up. I would have. I mean, I when I do a pot roast, I don't take I mean, it's a three hour. I stick it in the oven for three hours and walk away. And so I think. Also, do you add stock or do you just do wine? I can't do wine. We used to do wine. Oh, I can't do right. wine because my husband's it. allergic. So okay. I use stock. So this is the difference because I think that when you do just wine, there's, um, I think there's something like when I do a pot roast and I do just beer, you know, it evaporates faster and it boils down. So I think like this one, I feel like I've, I should have gone back and maybe added a little bit of stock to it. I don't know. The actual Julia Child recipe calls for wine and I think a cup of stock. See, and that's, I couldn't, I wasn't finding hers, you know, in the direct. And that's what, I I think I might do it directly. God, there was one recipe that was like, where you drained it all and like through a sieve and then put it back in and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, this is a country, like this is a country recipe. Like this is really just braised meat. I was reading a recipe for something else this week. That was doing the same thing, like, and then it had like ten extra steps. I was like, "This is, but like see, six dishes," and I'm like, "It's supposed to be a one pot thing." And you and I and other people that cook, yeah, that are good at it, can like look at a recipe like that and go, "Oh, well, that's just dumb. I'm not going to do that." Right. My poor sister is the person who's like following it to the letter and like, "This is too hard." Yeah, I know. So that's the thing is, and I, I mean, I'm going to make it again and again. It was the beef kind of just came out and it was too tough and dry. And it wasn't even tough. It was just dry. It's like, and I knew it hadn't broken down yet. So I know that part, but it wasn't, but it was also dry. Like the, the broken down means it'll be tough, but there's something missing yeah. in the fatness of it. And then the, the saw, the wine, the broth was just sort of flat. I loved that you ate it with horseradish, though. Yum. Oh, I didn't. Oh, you didn't? No. Maybe I'm fantasizing because that's are. how I like to eat pot roast. Well, I do too. Pot roast. With but a horseradish not, cream. Not a bourguignon because there's too much liquid there's well there's just too much other things for that you i'll know? be honest all i've eaten this week was soup because yeah. i had about a diverticulitis so any food <laughs> after that because i got Sounds, it saturday night yeah. so i'm just like oh <sighs> food i finally ate some meat last night and i felt amazing so all right good. we've got lots of fun stuff today stuff today um i this the next segment is kind of participatory if you'd like we may take some calls 651-641-1071 And we can always take your calls at the end of the show, too. So we're going to be right back. It's the Weekly Dish presented by Hornitos Tequila, who I'm looking forward to getting back to as soon as I can on the Weekly Dish. Nothing but good times getting up with Jason and Alexis. So the trend the last couple years has been hygge. Well, the trend for 2021 is a Scandinavian concept called free live, free air life. Free loofs? L-I-V. Free loofs live. 
Okay. Is the new Haigi? Huga. It's the new Huga. Don. Yeah. Call yep. Beer at the real quick. Free. Let me practice while Don's dialing. Free. Free loop slave. Is the new Hoogie. Huga. Free. Huga. Okay. Free. Free loops. Okay. <clears throat> free loops live is the new Hoogie. Free loops live is the new Huga. Free loots live is the new Huga. Okay. <laughs> Am I still asleep? What is happening? Jason and Alexis. Listen live or podcast at any time at mytalk1071.com or on the MyTalk app. The Jason and Alexis podcast is presented by Sears Imported Autos. My family's my home. Are you thinking of buying or selling a house this year? This is Stephanie Hansen from The Weekly Dish, and you may remember that I sold my townhome in St. Paul and moved to Golden Valley. I love my new house, and it wouldn't have happened without the help of Carrie Elkst and Sue Durfee from Lakes Area Realty. Carrie and Sue probably took me through 50 houses last summer, and I made offers on three of them. The market moves really fast, and there's a lot of negotiating, and you have to be ready with agents that know what they're going to do, how to get the best price, and the terms you want for inspection and move-in dates. Carrie and Sue were on it. They returned our calls within the hour, even after hours when I called crying, having buyer's remorse on a house that I backed out of. Oh, it happens. What can I say? And I loved how seamlessly they navigated between what I wanted and what Kurt wanted. They sold my townhome in one day on the market with multiple offers, while another building in our complex sat on the market for 10 weeks, and it had almost the same floor plan. My home was ready because Carrie and Sue helped me to get it ready. Cleaners, stagers, painters, they provided resources for all these things. And if you're buying or selling, call Carrie Elkst, C-A-R-R-I-E, and Sue Durfee at CarrieAndSue.com. That's Carrie and Sue at CarrieAndSue.com from Lakes Area Realty. Well, this is a little BTS jam. Oh, it reminds me of Lori Bargini. Loves those BTS friends. Here. Oh, I'm not Hi. Welcome. Welcome <laughs> to the show. You need a banger. You need a banger. That's the thing. That's what Boiling Bones is. It's all bangers. Boiling Bones is Stephanie's uh, playlist on Spotify that yeah. her and Jake put together when they're cooking. So mm-hmm. if you're interested in subscribing to that, you can. Um, okay. So a couple things. This I was on Facebook a while ago. I don't know. And someone posted something. Her name was Elizabeth Ekman. And she's just a person. Lizzie. Oh, do you know her? Yeah. Oh, hi, Lizzie. <laughs> She's our friend. I don't know if she listens to the show. She's a friend of the 70s. That's Lizzie. great. And I just was like, wow, yeah, let's just talk about this for a second. It's kind of interesting. So what she posted was, she said, I want to honor restaurants that have closed in 2020. If you could go one last time, where and what would you order? So there's a ton of responses. She had like 138 uh, comments and responses So I'll just read you a couple. And if you want to call in and share yours with us, we'll take it. 651-641-1071. And Steph, I want to hear yours. So someone said, muddy waters, literally anything on on the menu, and a hug and a kiss to all my friends that used to gather there and that I met there. Um, Butcher and the board, just to make a family meal or to have... Eric cook me a ribeye steak. That guy had the magic touch. Uh, Eric was a chef there. Um... Uh, answer Bar La Grassa is oh well yeah it's not closed we don't know closed, but yeah. we don't know uh, Chino Latino Chipotle salmon roll with grilled corn salsa that sounded really good uh, octopus bolognese from Octo Fish Bar did you ever have that stuff I don't remember 
Uh, the Feast of Seven Fishes at Octo Fish Bar. Really anything at Octo Fish Bar. I mean, anything. Bar. I know. I, their, their stuff was amazing. Uh, I replied, the butcher and the boar, long rib, and the Brussels sprouts. Yep. We used to have a family tradition where we'd eat there before the New Standards Holiday Show. And then the Brussels sprouts would kind of linger on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so we'd be sitting during the show and Ellie would be like, Mom, you need some gum. I can smell the Brussels sprouts. Wow. Sulfurous. Sulfurous. Yep. Yeah. Um, Rudolph's on Dale ordering the ribs dry rubbed with the sauce on the side. Uh, pork chop dinner at the Bachelor Farmer. Yeah. Um, Steph, do you have anything that comes to mind for you? I mean, you? I would, I remember, I have a specific memory of sitting at the bar in the Bachelor Farmer, the upstairs bar, um, and having a, a, just a big old plate of porridge. You know, they were this wild rice porridge. And it's like, it was almost like a risotto, you know, the way it was done. And I just remember sort of, it was a, it was a mind blower, but it was so simple and it was so easy. And I had a great glass of wine, you know, sitting, talking to to Anne, one of my favorite bartenders. And that's what I miss. Like I miss, I miss that sophistication. That's easy, you know? And, but I miss that in general, but I do, that specific moment for Bachelor Farmer was something that I really appreciated about them, that they had elegance, but it was easy elegance. Um, another vote for Chino Latino ginger hop was one, uh, anything they made was delicious. The, and then Moose and Sadie's for the morning after breakfast and gravy. Yeah. I miss going to Moose and Sadie's to meet someone for a meeting and you'd get a cup of coffee. They had a great, uh, huevos there and just the scene of Moose and Sadie's like the people coming in and out and there's sort of half hipster people and half downtown business working people. So you felt like you were really at the heart of yeah the culture of the scene of the North Loop. Yeah. And that was the scene in the beginning because it was just the North Loop in Monte Carlo for a really long time. True. True. Or Moose and Sadie's in the Monte Carlo. Um, Let's see here. Oh, coconut shrimp curry from Chino Latino came up again. Blackbird steak poutine. Hmm. I think for them, I never, I mean, like they were, that was like, like I have some of these that I have memories that I would wish from a long time ago. They were no longer those restaurants yeah. anyway. Sure. Like and for you me, lament Chino them Latino anyway. was not what it was when I loved it. Another one that came up that sounds like that was Pepito's. Yeah. Because it got kind of weird towards the end. Yeah. That's the hard part is a lot of them. I'm not, you know what I mean? Like I have those memories and I'm sad they're gone, but they weren't. You know, that's not where I would pick my last dish if it was as it was when it closed. But, you know, uh, but I understand that. Belcor. Yeah, I miss. And I was going to that was going to be my other one is because I used to pop by there and grab the chocolate croissant. And I know that they're all available at, you know, North Loop, but I can't pop by North Loop. So um, but I mostly missed the bar at Belcor because that was where I popped I would come on my way home from events and everything else and I would sit at the bar and it would be Rob Jones. And this again, this is like before, but it was a place where I could, you know, hang out with my ladies and just have yeah. a nice, beautiful cocktail. Had so many great lady drinks there. I think it's okay to just raise our hand and say we miss Rob Jones. <laughs> I do. I do miss Rob Jones. Uh, okay. Brian is on the line and he wanted to share something that he missed for a well, restaurant. That I have closed. a question. Is the Black Forest open? It is. It is open for takeout. Yep. All right. I would go there. Beef stroganoff, Deutsche Burger casserole, the brochen rolls. Brochen, yeah. Oh, I love that. Thank you, Brian, for calling in. Yes, they are open for 
take out. I will say if you're, this is Stephanie's lane, but I'll just say if people are like texting me like, do you know if so-and-so's open or so-and-so's open? You guys just call them because <laughs> it's gone so fast. Well, and somebody, I've had multiple people saying, oh, you're going to do a list of who's open? And I'm like, I no. don't have the manpower to do a list of 900 restaurants and whether they're open or not at this point. Like, I know we did it in the first shutdown, but that was because that was like something new that had happened. But this is like now we all get it. So and Facebook and Instagram are a great place to look. Yep. Just call, can... like think of where you want to go and then think, oh, I should check to see if they're open and what their hours are, because yeah. most of them are different. Some yeah. people are just doing takeout, which is like market, market barbecue. barbecue. Alma, you know, all of Alma mm-hmm. is still just doing takeout. Any of those, you know, some of those are they're just pausing. Heart Cafe, that new cute little vegan place only doing takeout. So Okay, how about let's just talk about that. Um, I'm trying to think of what. Well, I still, I don't know. I'm trying to think of just restaurants that you just, I mean, you miss. Like I miss Cafe 421. I miss going in there for their, um, they had a lamb burger that was amazing. And they're doing catering now and not really in that same space as a restaurant. They're just doing catering. Are they? And, yeah. So, yeah, just I thought it was interesting to think about if you could have your last meal at some of these places, yeah. what you'd have. Yeah. And Fig you and Farrell, huh? another one, Fig and Farrell. Yeah. I, they, I never I never got a vibe there. I never I never won there. <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> Didn't win. So we don't have to kick the dead. I like the way that. But you... it, I never won. Other people won. Not me. So but I you know, that's that's the thing is like there's. You know, and this is the truth of it is, is that restaurants are tied to us for different reasons and they're bound to us. You know, like I always say, I say, I think I say it a lot here, but that a gas station closes, (laughs) you know, a dry cleaner closes. No one writes a blog. No one has these moments. No one's going to do a Facebook post about what's your favorite dry cleaner space that closed, you know? So they're for sure bound to us. They're for sure tied to our souls because of the events that we have there. Because, you know, you know, you talk about Elizabeth Reese always talks about the parlor burger was the last burger she had before she went and had her first kid. The last meal she ate, you know, right. We think of those things. You think of, I can remember Filio and I remember like one of the best first oh, dates I boy, ever had Filio. back in 1990s, you know, five or something. And thinking about, you know, that was the first place I ever had Kiani. You know, like that's the moment. Those are the things. And so that that defines us as much as it defines the place. And so that's why we mourn them. But that's why it's also interesting to me because there will be people who will say Fig and Pharaoh was a central piece of their life. And for me, I'm like, meh, move it on. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, but that's, I think is so, people get so wrapped up in it. And I love that because that proves that what we're doing is worth it. And worth it. And that it's meaningful and that this is a great restaurant community. Yeah. No. And we're coming back, kids. We are. We're coming back. I know. Uh, And we're coming back on the Weekly Dish, too. We've got more great programming coming up for you. Uh, If you ever miss an episode, you can find it on MyTalk 107.1 or wherever you find your podcast. But we'll be right back for today in just a minute. weekly dish i don't know if you know but it's january and typically in january people like to change their habits of eating right it's a reset or exercise or or, yeah habits of eating of exercise whatever it's the great diet month now here's the big caveat right 2021 did not start out like most of us thought (laughs) boy 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 no it did not no and so we were just saying off the break that we wonder if people are even 
you know, it kind of has a vibe out there that people have said, Ugh, I can't like committing to a thing and then having to deal with the emotional, you know, ness of the world at this time is hard. And like, I think most of the time we talk about diets, it's about a restriction, right? And it's, let's just be honest, me talking about it because I'm a big, (laughs) I'll try every diet once. I'm always trying to lose that last 10 pounds. Yeah. And I did come into this year and you, did we talk about this on the air or off the air? We had a discussion about, you know, are people going to be doing Whole30? Are they going to be doing dry Januaries? And we... I, together, we sort of came to the conclusion where you thought people still might because yeah. everybody had gained so much weight during the pandemic. Yeah. And I was sort of feeling like, no, because it was just going to be one more thing that was out of our control. And I don't know that I bring up control and food is a very interesting psychosis right it there. It is right there. But we'll keep going. We'll keep going. So, so I do think that there was I think that most people. I mean, I'll tell you that my son is in Chicago is doing the whole 30 and his is not a weight thing. His is a health thing. and to reset. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, his he has a battle, you know, he has a sugar thing that he wants to sort of reset and get rid of. And, you know, and he and I've been talking about it and he's like, you know, it's in, in and this is a kid who is, you know, he's lost six pounds that he doesn't need to lose, right. you know, but he's sort of like. It's interesting because he's like, this works, this doesn't, this isn't. But the whole 30 thing is like, well, you have to reset. You're supposed to, re- if you go off the plan by any means. But I think that there's an interesting idea of, you know, people like kind of trying to control. The reason I thought people would come into it this year is because the world is so out of control and they don't have any other entertainment really, you know. So I thought, well, they'll feel like they can actually commit this year to something that they've, you know, because they're home, they're not, they don't have like events that they're trying to not be good at and right. things like that. And there's so, not as much entertaining yeah. dinners out. Yeah. And people do try to, I think, I think they do try to control something in their life if everything else is out of control. And so that's why I thought, and I'm not saying that's the healthy response, but I'm saying that tends to, in my mind, what drives those kind of things. Yep. Um, I wanted to say that I read this article and I referenced this the last week and Barry Estabrook is an author. He's a James Beard award winning writer and he has a book coming out on February 2nd and it's called just eat. And what I love is that he wrote this article in eating well magazine and I, we're going to throw a link of it uh, up on the page. Um, but it's really fascinating because he kind of teases out what he's doing in the book. And the thing that he did was he kind of came to an age where he was like, oh, my blood pressure's up. Things aren't great. I'm, I am heavier than I would like to be. Then my doctor recommends I lose some weight. And so then he was like, well, how do I do that? And he tried every diet in the book. Like he basically said, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to figure this out. And then he wrote a book from it, which is, of course, brilliant. And I can't wait to read it. But the idea that he was uh, at 64 or he he was at 58, um, he had or his I'm sorry, I screwed all this up. Anyway, doesn't matter his age, but he's a middle aged guy. So he went through and he tried every single weight diet from Whole30. He tried the Ornish. Do you know about the Ornish yeah. diet? Susie, yep. Okay. Uh, the South Beach diet. Yep, done that. The Master Cleanse. Done it. Done it. The veg- Vegetarian and Vegan diet. Done it. The Paleo diet. Done it. <laughs> the Keto diet. Not done that. You haven't done the Keto, right? Mm-mm. Okay, he did Weight Watchers. No. You haven't done Well, that. yes, I did. Yep. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yep. Uh, the Mediterranean diet. Yep. Yep. He did the French Paradox did not do it, but read the book about it. Right. It's basically eat and drink at the very best of anything and 
You so just it's eat sit less down meals. And yeah, you and smoke cigarettes like instead. Like really great things. And then you try to fit yep, into your Chanel but pants. left out that you just smoke cigarettes instead. Oh, right. Instead of eating. Yep. Okay. Um, and then he came. So these were all the diets he tried. And he said he had varying. Did he do the 5-2? He didn't. That's not in his. Or the vegan after five. He did vegan. Vegetarian and vegan stuff. He did that kind of thing. There's a vegan before five is a whole nother where you just eat plants in the morning. And this is what. I mean, like, so he said that. In all of it, like he lost weight in in many of these, but it never changed his life, and he never stayed. The weight never stayed off. Like he didn't he, change his lifestyle. Well, he said that because it's not compelling. Like these didn't help him change his lifestyle. Sure. So you could say that way. Um, he didn't. He basically didn't get it to a place where it was something that affected the and made him feel as good and that he could continue with. So that was really interesting, I thought. He said, like, on Whole30, he lost 13 pounds, and then as soon as he started adding things back in, it immediately all came back. And so that's the idea, is, like, if that's the way that you live, if you're going to live only on the Whole30 thing, sure. But is that a realistic way to live? I guess the answer is to find the lifestyle changes that work for you. Yes. But I'm wondering where he ended up. So he ended up where the number 11, if you, and this article is really great because it's a sidebar. The, uh, the number 11, you know, t- kind of diet, he said, this is the only one that worked. And he calls it my way. And he says, okay, this is an official plan, but it is the diet I found works best based on the successful participants in the National Weight Control Registry, meaning these are people who yep. have lost weight and then kept it off. Yep. Like they've changed their lifestyle. It applies what I've dubbed the Frank Sinatra my way approach. Find out what works for you, whether that's curbing sugary foods, not snacking after 8 p.m. or weighing yourself daily, and then go for it. The results speak for themselves. More than 12,000 Americans in this weight registry have lost and and kept off at least 30 pounds for an average of six years. But and, I don't like this answer. Oh, you don't? No, because he doesn't say this what is the his point. way is. But this is the point. It doesn't matter because it's the same thing where it's like, it's not a way. It's a way for, like, the idea that what works for you is some, the way that Whole30 says, do this, and every body type is going to be Got it. the same. Like, that's ridiculous. So it's, it's whatever is your individualized plan, but... Well, like, okay, so for instance, my friend Emily, wonderful woman, beautiful, skinny as all get out. She could eat white bread every day and nothing would ever show up. And I would sit there watching her eat her French dipped beef sandwiches on these doughy white rolls. And I was like, if I ate as many of those as you did, I would be a thousand pounds. My friend Kim could run a marathon every other month and never lose weight. Right. And so, yeah, I had a friend, I had another friend, Anna, like that too. And she was, you know, the most robust, round, gorgeous, voluptuous woman. And she ran and did yoga and did all the things. And she would never look like Emily. Yep. And this is the point is like, it's it's this idea of how we ascribe the success to and how it's so different. And for me, I know at this point, because I've never gone on these diets, I've never like put myself into this, you know, lane and then succeeded or failed from it. But I do know that, like I said, I can't eat like a ton of white bread and feel great about everything. And if I don't sit, you know, if I sit for long, long times, then that changes my body and my metabolism and my mood and everything. So I think that's the deal. And that's also why every time you'd come in and be like, well, I'm not eating this. <laughs> I was always like mm-hmm. every 12 years of this people. Okay. So I've probably done I, at least eight different plans while we've had the show. Right. So he comes out and I want you guys this book. I'm excited to get and read and maybe we can talk about it again later. But he comes We should out, do a Zoom book club on it. I think we should. 
I think we should. He comes out with, in the end, four weightless, four weight loss myths. Okay. Okay. And these are things that I would love to hear your point on because there's a couple that I'm I'm a little flabbergasted by. Okay. Okay. The first myth, number one, is that exercise is critical for weight loss. Yeah. You don't get skinny by exercising. Yeah. That's, I was sort of taken you aback by that. You get strong, but not skinny. But he's, but I also don't agree with what he says. And if you read it, it says, as someone who hikes cycles and cross country skis, you know, it doesn't seem fair because he's an exerciser and he's like, but he still had extra weight. Um, and they they tracked nearly 200 sedentary, overweight men and women for six months, and they found out uh, they basically it was the same. Like yeah, if you, I agree with that. And a lot of it has to do with people who exercise and then carb or and then load up on calories because they're depleting their stores. Well, and you just when you exercise a lot, you're hungry. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, and of course, it's for me. It's always been about health and strength more than it is about yep. like I don't think that my butt's getting any smaller because I'm going running. I yeah. know that's not it. Um, but I thought that was interesting because I don't think a lot of people, the entire exercise industry believes this. Yep. And it's interesting to face that, I think. All right. Myth number two is you'll lose more weight on a low carb diet than on a low fat one. That's a myth. The Harvard School of Public Health oversaw a long term study that showed that subjects lost the same amount of weight regardless of which route they took. Sure. I can see that. Yeah. Again, it's based on sort of your input, your output. Yep. Yeah. Isn't that? I think that's okay. Myth number three, a calorie is a calorie. I don't believe that. Okay. I believe that calories are composed of different things. Okay. Some fuel your body, some don't. So I think that's I'm what in agreement saying. with yeah, that. Yeah, you yep. are. Like sugary oatmeal, like if you have like yep. sugary oatmeal, if you're eating that versus, versus like protein. Yep. And this is the thing of like, and I think, but I think that's when people are like, oh, I had 400 calories. Today. Well, what kind of calories did right. you have? And I always thought that was weird when if it's a protein and egg and sausage, you know, that kind of that sandwich versus a couple donuts. Yeah. That's a different effect on your body. Yep. But that's why I think counting calories is kind of strange. And myth number four was juice cleanses lead to fast weight loss. Well, they just deprive you <laughs> of water. Yeah. Severe all... calorie dis- restriction. You'll likely drop some pounds, but most of it is water. And that weight comes back as soon as you start eating real foods, they say. So unless you change your lifestyle. I know. That's you it. know, I'm still I'm not fasting really anymore. But I will if I feel like I need to. But I still pretty much stick to one meal a day. Really? And I drink broth for the rest of it. Yeah. Yep. I mean, and, and I feel and that's the much thing. better. That's the thing is I always felt like if it, if you were pushing, if you were causing yourself pain by doing anything, if you were in a space where you're, you're, you're restricting your life and then it was causing you distress and anxiety and pain, that's not it. You know, in my mind, yeah, I don't know. it's all I, I'll be interested to read the book with you. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Sure. And if you're out there and you're you're dieting, I feel you. And if you're out there and you're not, I feel you, too. Yeah, we did have a Facebook question. You guys just letting you know it's out there. It's it's I wanted to give you guys a space. You can either evangelize a diet if there was something you loved and it worked for you, then, um, you know, feel free to go out and let us know. But if there's also a pitfall, you know, I remember taking my mom in high school to like go buy the cottage cheese and the co- the list yep. from Vogue or whatever, Cosmopolitan. South Beach. Yeah, I remember that. So it's there for you. All right. Thanks, you guys, for listening. And uh, we'll be right back. This is The Weekly Dish. I'm up to something. 651-641-1071 is our phone number if you'd like to ask us any questions about eating, baking, cooking, whatever you got. 
diets. We're here for you. Six five one six four one one zero seven one. I was just saying, Steph. Steph was talking about like going and buying cottage cheese with her mom, and it triggered a memory of like getting cottage cheese, buying tab. I loved tab. <laughs> I mean, getting, I like, still a do love tab. tab. There was a woman in front of me at the grocery store with like cases of tab the other day. That's funny. I know it's still out there. It's just like we've moved past it. You I know? honestly can't think. Oh. I, I was going to say, I can't think of the last time I've had a soda pop, but I did have a root beer because I'm not That's drinking. So right. I had a root beer yesterday and I was like, oh, this is the best. Oh, I've had, I don't think I've had a soda either in a long time, but I did see a commercial. Somebody put a Shasta thing up and I was immediately like, Black I cherry. wanna pop, I wanna Shasta. And I had to, I totally dove down that hole and I went on YouTube and found all the commercials. Do you remember the pop shop? I love the pop shop. I <laughs> we, wanted to be a pop shop person and my mom would never let okay. us. We, Kurt said the same thing. He was like, yeah, uh, nobody was buying pop shop except like those families. I was like, we were that family. Well, that was like the kids who got Schwann's delivered and I'd be yes. like, oh, I want to go to their house and they had the pop shop and six, I was five, like, one, six, four, one, one, oh, seven, one. pop shop was you got an orange plastic crate that yeah. had 24 bottles of pop and you could pick any of the varieties that you wanted. Now, our family, we did yeah. this. <clears throat> we did everything like once and to excess and then stopped. I, like you- <clears throat> When I met Kurt, so this we've been married so 25 years, so 26 years. When I met him and he came over, the very first thing he remembers about coming to my mom's house was that in the garage, there were orange crates stacked up with pop shop bottles in them because my mom kind of hoardy. Yeah. So they never got taken back to the pop shop or oh, the recycled crates? or oh, no. all the stuff. Oh, the crates and the empty bottles. Oh, my God. That we That's had like a gold mine because you got like X later. amount of dollars, <laughs> you know, off of your next order. Uh, bra- Megan, let's take Megan first. Hi, Megan. How are you? Hello. I'm fine. How are you, ladies? Great. We're so good. I literally just got into my car and turned on the radio and you're talking about the pop shop. <sighs> Man, the pop shop was awesome <laughs> what flavor did you like oh i don't even know i don't I, I guess i don't remember i just know it was fun to go there there was i just remember the one where near where i grew up was like in a, next to an amico gas station just all the fun bright colors and it was yeah. always fun to go and pick it out and well megan delicious. i'm glad we could bring you down memory lane yep. and back to Thank the you. pop shop thanks and for calling hun they started in 1969 <laughs> in ontario by the way cool and of course it was the pop shoppy as far as we were yeah concerned. ours was right by the target on Penn and 494 yeah. is where i think i remember mm-hmm. going uh bob is on the line hope we'll go ahead and bring up our friend bob who just called in hi bob how you doing not too bad do you have a food memory or what can we help you with well, today Pop shop. I actually, <laughs> myself and my brother-in-law own the trucking part of delivering the pop shop all over the cities and whatever. And um, I, we got unlimited amounts of that stuff. Lime Ricky, sarsaparilla. Oh, uh, those Lime were all Ricky. real good. Lime Ricky was my it. jam. That's fun. Thanks, Bob. Sorry that you never came to our house to, or that we never got you to pick up our five crates that sat in our garage for 30 years, um, but you know. Kids, can I, since we're talking Pop Shop and people seem to be calling about it, let me let, just let you know it is still available. <laughs> How do you get it online? It is in Canada and you get it online. Yeah, and okay. they have, I mean, they're at a bunch of different retailers like that we don't know about because I think it's up, but they're at Dollar Tree. Apparently. Okay. Uh, Patrice is on the line. Hi, Patrice. Hi, how are you? Great. Great. What's up today? I have to tell you, Pop Shop was awesome because my parents were divorced, 
So when my dad wanted to buy us fire love, we'd go to pop shop every weekend, and it was awesome. I didn't mind having divorced parents because we were so spoiled with pop shop. That's so funny, too, Patrice. I can think of my dad would make us, um, he would get us chicken pot pies when the divorce happened. And he was trying to buy our love. We got chicken yeah. pies. <laughs> and frozen burritos. <laughs> yes, yes. And you were like, oh, this is so great. I'm going to make Pop Shop t-shirts and sell them because I didn't know everyone has such good memories about that. Seriously. There you go. I love it. Uh, Brian, how you doing, Brian? I'm good. Um, uh, tab, I was used to be addicted to Tab. I'd stopped drinking Pop, good. Soda Pop, five years ago. And I've heard there was a radio report that Tab was going away. Yeah, yeah, I heard that too. But then I think somebody bought the brand okay. and still sells it in limited. Thanks, Brian. I I had heard that. Yeah, I did too. Okay, who knew that Pop Shop was going to be Shop. such a nerve? I mean, um, and I mean, honestly, I used to. Here's the grossest part. Are you ready for the grossest part? I used to take the purple one and I would like put it in a glass, and then I would put more sugar in it. I would take like a that's something couple Kurt would do. Boonfuls of sugar and make it as sweet as possible. Okay, do you want to know what I did? I can't believe I'm going to tell you this on the air. Yeah. It's kind of a long story. I'm going to try to condense it. Okay. Wally Hilgenberg was a Minnesota Viking. He lived on my street. He had children. One of them was kind of a little bratty kid that we didn't like. We had a pop shop and we put bubble bath inside the pop shop bottle i remember it was blue so it had to be like a blue raspberry flavor or something yeah and then we tricked her to come to the house and then we gave her the pop shop pop full of the sudsy um bubble bath yeah and she went screaming and crying home yeah got home told her dad Came who what came barreling up the street this gigantic minnesota viking man yeah yelling at like what did you give my daughter? He was just, I remember being terrified, terrified and having to like give him this bottle of the poisoned pop shop that we gave his kid and him calling my, or getting my, knocking on the door and getting my mom out in a robe and oh, all nice. oh, we were in so much nice. trouble. And nice. I still feel bad about you that. You should, so you should, you're a horrible I can't person. remember your name, you're little Brady Hilgenberg kid, but I'm sorry that we tried to poison you with soapy water pop shop. Well done you. Yeah. Um, by the way, on Etsy, there are pop shop bottles for sale. Like this crate, they have the crate with all the bottles, empty bottles in it, and it's one hundred and twenty-five dollars. Stephanie, <laughs> this is the story of my life. We had so much treasure oh in the basement, but by the time the hoard came to get cleaned out, we yes. were all exhausted and just threw oh, it all in the, the trash. Story. I know vintage bottles are going for five bucks a piece. So, Jeez. dang, bro. There you go. Pop shoppy. Who all right. Who love all right. Um, uh, go, go next. I was just going to say what we've got coming up next hour. We've got the top two an hour two. We're going to talk about how you can get more veggies into your diet. I'm going to do food trends because we never really got to do that at the first of the year. And there are still some. So I'm going to talk about that. Okay. Um, by the way, Allison has said that she's 51 and has never heard of Pop Shop. Uh, of course, my folks were super frugal and they never would have gone there, but she said it sounds amazing. I feel like we should get some for people. Um, Lee does want to talk about yummy, not super sweet mocktails. Oh, I know. Okay, so there's lots you know, of them. Yeah, I would. If you can give like, if you can give like, I'll do a segment next week if okay. someone wants to. Okay. Does that is that too late? I mean, I don't know. All right. I, I, Lee's, I think Lee's going to hang with it. Okay. Sure. All right. But I would say that the bigger thing, not super sweet mocktails, is to just is to make sure that your seltzer situation is 
on par. You know what I mean? Like get really good bubbly water to be a part of it. The other thing is I would tell you, I just did a thing about N.A. beer. There's some great non-alcoholic beers out there if you are looking for that as a different way to keep your dry January going. I'm releasing a podcast this week with Hairless Dog. Yeah, I mean, and I, the one that I love the best is at Fair State. Oh. And it's called Hyper Cold, and it's a premium lager, and it's N.A., and it is so delicious. Yum. So delicious. All right, we've got more for you in hour two.